Hi guys, I'm Priscilla. And I'm Jess. We're two longtime friends, aka besties, and the hosts of Popcorn for Dinner's new film podcast, Is This Cinema? Every week, Jess and I, along with some friends from Popcorn for Dinner and Beyond Popcorn for Dinner, are going to be discussing all the latest film releases. Yeah, and we'll also be doing some blind debates, where we'll be foolishly given topics to debate live on air without any prep time. Okay. Intense movie and filmmaker drafts. Top fights of our best actors and honestly, whatever fun ideas we're pretty much dumb enough to try. So please subscribe on all podcast platforms and come and join us at the movies as we try to investigate just what is cinema. Bye, guys. Bye. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm sorry to say, but we're just a tribute band with good parts, but a bad brand. We are at the halfway point of Succession's final season. We're somehow at the halfway point. Crazy. And joining me once again to discuss season two, season four, episode five. Fresh from the Hanna-Barbera Business School. Guys, I swear, he's funnier with subtitles. It's a boobie. Yeah, that's good. Hey, baby, how that's are good, you yeah, doing? That, that's good. I might be funnier with subtitles, but I guess it depends on the audience. <laughs> Just uh, preparing for my trip up to the mountains for the corporate retreat. So I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to that. It didn't have to be that high up. It, it really didn't have to be that high Look, up. Lucas, I know you're trying to, <laughs> yeah, I know you're trying to be a dick, but I was genuinely scared. I was like, did, where did they shoot this? Did they actually shoot this? It's crazy this that, like the retreat is happening there of all places. I mean, Nordic countries are already like very beautiful and you know mountainous as it as it is. But they, I don't know why they had to go to an actual waterfall. Which, funny enough, one of those characters, like the guys sitting at the table and welcoming, um, mm-hmm. are the people we know when they when they arrive. Yeah, plays Olaf in Vikings Valhalla, which is fantastic. I saw him there. I was like, ah, oh, it's you. <laughs> like this is too funny. Like you're playing a Viking and now you're like being a modern day viking with like you know this viking tech dude yeah it's too funny when he said he plays olaf my brain was going to the exact opposite oh you were thinking I was like, of wait, no, frozen that's olaf? just that's just god <laughs> yeah i was like that's just god yeah 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 no. which i guess it's the exact opposite from from vikings valhalla oh, very much so. um, vikings valhalla is very yeah, violent not, <laughs> not the same not the same wavelength um yeah we're gonna talk about season four episode five before that, please, if you're listening, please, please rate and review. Please follow us. Please share with anyone that you know that watches Succession. This is a very popular show, very fun show. Um, quickly, Priscilla and Jess's film podcast is This Cinema. will be launching later this week. So please, please keep an eye out for that. Please check it out. I have some fun things planned. Probably the next, over the next like 10 weeks, because there's a lot of movies that are coming out very soon, all leading up to the Popcorn for Dinner National Holiday, which is. The day Barbie and Oppenheimer both drop. Um, which, which, which one are you watching first? Uh, maybe Barbie, if we're being very honest. It just looks so much fun. <laughs> that's, it's, it's too fun. That's fair. That's fair. Anyways, Succession, Season 4, Episode 5, titled The Kill List, written by John Brown and Ted Cohen and directed by Andrew Parek, who has directed some of the best Succession episodes, actually. Yes. Um, he did Hunting, mm-hmm. which you guys may remember as Born the Floor. Mm-hmm. He did what I believe is the first great um episode from the show which is which side are you on 
I think he did Volta as well, which is when obviously when Kendall got Volta. So yeah, he's to me he's kind of like the second in-house director for Succession. Like they obviously give out a lot of episodes to like Lawrence Cafaria or Kathy Yan, uh, but. I think if it's not Mark Milo, the next person in-house is usually Andrew Perek. So, yeah. Um, oh, before I, before, before I go anywhere, let me just start. So, some of you might have listened to a previous episode, last week's episode. I hope you did. If you don't, go back. It's a very fun episode in which I, I sent out a theory. The theory was, you know, let me just take a sip of water because I, I, I want to be calm when I, when, I, when I do this. Oh, boy. I won't repeat the theory. Thank you. Just for decency's sake, I don't want to tag this episode as explicit. <laughs> but um, the theory involved Greg, who continues to be a great character. Like this figure is like, hi, what do you call him? The the Roy Quad? What did he say? I should have written it down. Oh my God. The Quad Squad. The Quad Squad. The Quad Squad. Anyway, the theory involved Greg and, and Schiff. And a friend of mine reached out to me. And, Anyway, you know what? I'm going to blame you partly for this as well. Me? Because you didn't, you didn't flag it during the episode. But I forgot that Greg and Shiv are second cousins. I forgot that they are related. Which is one of the reasons I, I was looking at you like, are you sure this is your well, theory? You, you, you didn't flag it. You didn't flag, I thought it was obvious. In my, head, <laughs> in my head, Greg was just a guy. And I, I still think the theory works if Greg is just a guy that works for Tom. Wow. But... Now knowing that they're cousins, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's the wrong HBO show. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, I wow. Wow, you really just came for them. <laughs> so that's my, that's my Greg Mia Culpa, guys. Um, Mad. I think the theory works if they're not, if they're not relatives. But yeah, I, I completely forgot that they were cousins. Which, yeah. Yes. Okay. He literally calls him Uncle um, Logan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but like, I f- Logan was dead, so out of sight, out of mind. I forgot. I forgot to number. Yeah. yeah, people will give you a pass. Um. So before we go into uh the retreat in in Norway, let's just quickly run through what happens in New York. It's, it's Kendall's first day on the job. It's Big Boy's first day on the job. Yeah. Um. He's listening to Jay Z, <laughs> uh, which obviously it's meant to remind you of the pilot. That's not. I don't think that's. Yeah. That's. Not it really lends credence to your theory of, of like, or actually our theory, I guess, of how everything that's happening now might be kind of like... What should have happened? Maybe the original intention of the show if mm-hmm. Brian Cox mm-hmm. had died at the end of season one, right? The original trajectory mm-hmm. before they said, you know what, let's let's get some great stories out of the, out of like this dynamic. Um, because there's so many, it's just so many mirrors uh, that, that we can really mm. just see parallels to different yeah. things from season one. I've been thinking about Saul recently as well, Better Call Saul, and okay. there, are no, there are no strong parallels or whatever. But I was just remembering how during one of our recordings we were discussing the final, the final half, rather, the final season, mm-hmm. we mentioned how the show now felt like what, again, what Gilligan and Gould had planned on doing at the start when they wanted um, Jimmy to become Saul in season one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just, just, that just kind of how, why I was thinking of Succession and Saul because right. now it's... We know that Logan was meant to die in season one and then the rest of the show was meant to be what we're going to watch uh-huh. over the six or seven episodes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the only thing that really jumped out to me in the New York bit was when Roman is quite eager to say, shall, shall we get shape? Is the look that, that Kendall gives him. He agrees, but it's almost like, oh, yeah. Like, do we really need to do I that? I guess we should do that. Do you want to do that? 
do we care? Yeah, do we actually want to do that? Um, becoming his father. But yeah, that was just the main thing. That, and then from, I think on rewatch, I'm like, I can already see there's a bit of friction between Shiv and Kendall. And when, the, I, I always pay attention to when the music kicks in. Okay. Like the, the theme music. Like, either it's on what character does it kick in? What are, what are they say does it kick in? Um, I've always wondered, I think it was season two that they changed it. Because you remember the theme, you first see, I think you first see the shot of all the kids. And then there's that shot of Shiv just kind of like reaching her hand out. Yeah. But yeah, I've always, I, I, that was in season one. I started in season two. So I was just like, what's that doing there? I have no theory. Speaking of theories, actually, I really like that this show continues to surprise me. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm a, I'm not a smart TV watcher. I don't think I'm a good prognosticator. <laughs> but this show just continues to surprise me. And like, in, and again, not in like big plot twists, but just like in the character choices he makes, which I'll, I'll talk about one later. But just like, oh, I didn't know you were going to zag there. I thought you were going to zig. Hmm. And you've done this. And there's actually obviously a better decision because you're Jesse Armstrong and you have all these writers. You're not me. But I'm just like, I will just, you watch a lot of shows. Especially if you're like, like me, that like watches a lot of shows where you know what's going to happen. If not necessarily like the exact plot points, you know you can anticipate what these characters these. are going to do. Yes, you know, like what their mindset is like and everything. And I'm just like, oh, this show continues to actually surprise me in smart ways. Um, do you have any thoughts about New York? Or should we just get on the plane? The right plane, not, not the plane that Greg was going to. <laughs> well, um, the, one, the, the one thing I will add about New York is how like Kendall seems to be a lot like his father, you know, um, when he's walking into the building and, you know, he's told, yeah, these are you know, new faces that are here to help with the transition and stuff. And he's like, okay, great. Hello. Um, they can fuck off until <laughs> until I need them. And that's a very Logan thing to do. But also it's kind of mm-hmm. a very Kendall thing to do. It reminds me of Kendall in season one when he was actually actively working in the business. Um, yeah. And it just yeah. it just sort of supports the idea that of, of how everyone sees him, at least the graybeards, you know, as this guy who's kind of just like playing to playing at work, playing at, mm. you know, corporate structure to be, to be like his dad. He's kind of like a discount Logan or mini Logan who's not necessarily doing all the right things because Kendall's main issue is he doesn't have like self-confidence. Like that's his, that's his fatal flaw. He has crippling just lack of um, self-esteem. So, but he seems to have it now. And that might be because of the death of his father. He's getting it, but I think- It seems like he's able to go into his, his own, essentially. Yeah, but I think on some level, it's, he's still on, on, on some amount of fake it till you make it. I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he's getting there. Hmm. But, and he's becoming that person. He's, he's on a mission now, I think, to become a killer. I think that's the decision mm-hmm. that's made in, in the bathroom. I mean, I mean, he's making a lot of killer choices and decisions. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, thanks to, you know, the guys who brought that up um, to us on Twitter, like, you know, when we asked the question, what decision did Kendall make in that bathroom? It really, I, I think he's just trying to be that killer. And eventually with people who start to do that, they become that killer without even realizing it, without even being aware that they're not trying anymore. They're just that person. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, on to the plane. Okay, so over in Norway, um, the Swedes are playing mind games with with Waste Royko. Um as they should. And then we go into we go into the meeting. We go into the meeting between Kendall, Roman, and Lucas Madsen. Uh-huh. Why don't you talk about this? Talk about the business deal that is about to be brokered. 
or broken? Um, well, the first aspect of this deal really is um, whose surplus to requirements, hence the title of the episode, you know, Kill List. Mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. very funny that the Waystar people are finally getting scared of getting <laughs> fired, um, especially since, you know, Jerry is so so cool when well, carl is not scared carl is just like yeah okay give me my money literally carl is like, yeah <laughs> the, the intimidation is funny and hugo is just hilarious in this episode like mm -hmm. fisher stevens is killing <laughs> this, this season um and kendall trying to deflect shiv while roman is taking the job very seriously is is also quite funny because um hugo is playing along too um i don't know with that <laughs> With that deal, I knew essentially that he would ask for ATN to be added. Um, mm -hmm. 182 per share is pretty Would he have good. asked if Logan was alive? Uh, I, think, I think he would have he would have thought through it because they definitely went back and forth. I think the main reason it got this far, honestly, is because Logan might have been the only person that could really handle someone like Matson. I said last, uh, last week, um, this is a very difficult person to do business with. Mm-hmm. He's extremely volatile, but also very, very precise. He knows exactly what he wants. And his mind games kind of involve being direct, whereas Logan's mind games rely on gaslighting, like um, kind of like sleight of hand, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think the Greybeard reaction is funny um, because they're obviously excited. The thing is, they have, and, and I'll speak more on this later, they have this duty to let the shareholders know when an offer that's good is actually made. And mm -hmm. if you recall, when they were going up to the mountain, Kendall was saying that they should ask for 144 per share. Mm -hmm. This guy yeah, is their offering- Their hope was 148. Yeah. That was like the most they could get. Yeah, yeah. and he's offering 182, but ATN has to be part of the deal, or 187. So basically- yeah, o offering forty for ATN. Essentially, yes, he's saying ATN on its mm. own is is worth that much. I think he's offering was it one eighty seven? Yeah, one eighty seven. One eighty seven. Sure. Yeah, and um, I think someone has asked me before, like, why would he want ATN? And I think the answer for that comes from why Logan would want to keep ATN out of the deal. ATN really is the crown jewel of what these people do. Mm -hmm. They make a lot of money from a lot of things, but ATN is how they wield actual power and. You know, as we like to say here, rich people, especially on succession, deal in power more, a lot more than they deal in money. So by holding on to ATN, Logan can maintain his political influence. He can be the quote unquote man of the people that he thinks he is, despite everything mm -hmm. he does and everything he owns. And the Greybeards, especially someone like Frank, who is on the board, would definitely be, be happy with something like that. And I think Roman wants to keep ATN out of it, not because he's necessarily thinking about what should be done. He's thinking about what mm -hmm. his father would want. I think Roman, despite all his pre-grieving, is very, very attuned to keeping Logan's memory alive and ensuring that his wishes are respected. Whereas Kendall, who now believes he should be a killer, is trying other things. You know, meanwhile, Shiv's exhaustion from um you know, the pregnancy is starting to become very apparent and like the way she looks in scenes, the way she's quiet and stuff like that. I, I want, and also how kind of she's being to certain people. I kind of wish she would just tell them she's pregnant, but, but, uh, but yeah, I'm starting to think that that Roman might be willing to 
be more of a killer than Kendall at some point, depending on how things go, because um, I think he's starting to lose patience with a lot of people. But but yeah, that's that point where they were discussing that. I had a feeling he would ask for ATN. I didn't know necessarily mm-hmm. that he would do it like this, um, kind of strong arming them, so to speak. But but yeah, I think it's cool that they took a beat to discuss it. Um, but clearly, the brothers are not necessarily on the same page. And I think that in front of someone like Matson, that's dangerous because he can exploit that. Okay, wait. So when you say that, do you mean in this particular point of the show or do you mean in the episode in total? In uh, that particular point in the episode. Oh, that was the point. Okay, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, again, one of the things I was surprised because there's a look Kendall shares with with Madsen mm-hmm. just before they leave, I, and I expected that look to happen. That look is kind of like, "Don't worry, I got him," you know. Exactly, and but then that's not you guys of what the episode. If you if you listen to this, that's not what the rest of the episode does. You get yeah. what I mean? That's that's where it zagged. I was like, "Oh, that's not how oh, I thought something was going to happen here." Um. <sighs> Well, I, 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 first of all, let's just shout out. We're going to talk about Shiv a bit later, but let's just shout out Shiv. I love, I love a woman who is not willing to let a little thing like a pregnancy again in the way of of a scotch at, at night. Um, <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I was like, I know you're drinking apple juice. That is apple juice you are drinking. So because you're twenty weeks. Sip, <laughs> the first sip, I was like, oh, that's that's not a real sip. But I wasn't sure if it was like not a real sip because she actually wasn't drinking or it was not a real sip because that's, that's what acting you get if, when you're acting yeah. you don't really actually drink and eat because you're doing, doing so many takes yeah but even but the then she had another sip that was, that was a real sip and i was like i was like oh okay that no that, that that's a real sip at least she didn't do the cocaine at least yeah that, when that you offered her the cocaine i was like okay please let's let's, um, let's be guided <laughs> well but yeah i mean i think just I think Logan obviously wanted ATM because that's what Logan loves. Logan loves news. Logan, yeah. that's probably how, that's how he came up. Not even probably that's how he came up. Mm-hmm. Same way, murder could have come up with like newspapers, come up with paper, newspapers and stuff like that. I think Logan came up doing news, and that's what he loves. He loves shaping, like you said, shaping the narrative. And as Shivanvu mentioned um, in the karaoke bar, like he says it, and then it becomes true. However, I do think I do think Madsen wants ATM to fuck them i want to, i think he wants atm because he knows he's an emotional this sort um, you don't topic. think he don't has think any he... strategic thoughts in that it's like, like he I wants think... to have a hand in american politics or he wants the money that can come from the insane readings that they get i don't know like i, I think eventually this is all just a game <laughs> no i think as he's going to get it and make it work and like i said they have plans but i think the initiating thought is like how do we like stick one to them and then after we've got ATN, he's a, he's a capitalist. He's like, after we've got ATN, how do we make it work? And the fact that he's making it work involves basically stripping it down shows you how much he really doesn't care about ATN. Yeah, hence like, the kill list. Yeah, so I think I think the, the, the inciting thought was, what can we do to really, really, really like screw them? Which is something Logan would do, by the way. He's told Roman before, yeah, yeah. like, screw it makes them sense until, like, the, if it's an easy deal, then you haven't done it right, according to him. Yeah, because Martin called them yeah, was this is one was like that's he's smiling. If he's smiling, there's not a good deal. Yeah. Martin called Martin called Kendall four days ago and told him not to fuck with the deal. And then Kendall fucks with the deal. So he's he's not happy with these people. Like so I don't I think he's doing it from emotional point of view. Meanwhile, he's saying he wants things to happen very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Kind of And then we hear that he's one that's been delaying things so far. Mm-hmm. I do I did like a lot of the communication bits because again, you're kind of looking for Kendall to 
either backstab Roman or or lie to Roman or hide. But like I like kind of there was some some sort of communications they had. Like when they're walking towards the gray beard, um, I think Roman is like say it or tell them or something like that, and then kind of just like says say it. Like they're not like they are moving on equal footing. So that was quite interesting to me. Um, but then that leads to what the main thing when I said the show surprises me. The main zag that surprised me was Kendall telling Roman that he wanted to fuck up the deal. I did not expect that. I thought it was going to be something that happens um, as backstabbing. And it's interesting because Ibuka was talking to me about last week's episode. And he mentioned that he found it striking that everyone was saying what they actually meant. And what they actually Which doesn't wanted. normally happen in succession, right? <laughs> yes. And I was like, and we're like, once Logan dies, everyone feels free to actually say what they mean and what is on their mind. Crazy. What's said, Ibuka? And that then directly translates to this, to this thing in Kendall actually telling Roman, this is what I want to do. Come on board with me. Like, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be Logan will be having that, that conversation with Madsen that she was having. I'm like, okay, let's do this. How do we get this done? behind Roman's back. So that was that was quite surprising to me. That was like, I was like, oh, that's not the character move I expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think of that conversation between Roman and, and Kendall? I just kept wondering, you know, is this a good idea? Like, mm-hmm. it, you're saying you want to kill the deal what? so you can run the ship. Okay, killing the deal. is yeah. killing the deal. Like, yeah, right. like okay. you want to do mm-hmm. it so you can run the ship. Is that even a good idea? Can you run the ship? You're not confident that you can do it. You want to take this massive, massive behemoth of a thing and try to steer it just to prove to somebody who is no longer alive that you can while everyone's lives are at stake. So it's, 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 it's interesting that he would do that, especially since anything could go wrong. If they keep ATN, if they keep everything, like they just said, let's just keep Waystar as it is. What then happens? There, there's so many people who are not going to be happy with that. The reason they started thinking of deals in the first place was because every single deal in this show has led to the next, right? You had Volta, then eventually mm-hmm. you had the you had a bunch of things that then led to the vote of no confidence. From there was, you know, the bear hug. And then the bear hug really defined how the series went for, for a little while because they were fighting Sandy and Stewie. Those were mm-hmm. the guys, right? But now this deal is making those guys happy. And if it goes away, are we going to go back to them fighting Sandy and Stewie? You know, it's, 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 it's a weird dynamic that could result in, from them removing the deal because there's so many things that I'm not sure that they can actually handle. And like I said, Roman is trying to do the deal for Logan's sake. I guess he's easier to convince because of that. But, you know, he asks, we're selling. Have we won or lost? Like, it's kind of hard to tell because the Roy family's thing is always, we should keep it. We want to keep the power or whatever. That was always, because that was always Logan's mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't feel he was winning unless he was owning, which is why everybody felt he would never sell. And now he's selling, which is great because they're getting a fantastic payday, but they're losing control of the company. So have they won or lost? And I think that's why I'm asking, like, is this a good or a bad idea? Can they actually run the ship? I'm not entirely sure that they can run everything. In fact, on some level, the opposite could be true as well, because maybe they'd be better at running things, because I don't know that anybody present in the current group (laughs) can actually run ATN. I feel like Kendall and Roman would be better at running the rest of Waystar and having people work under them, managing all its different assets. 
than ATN. Like ATN is a very delicate beast. Well, I don't think they would run ATN. I mean, I mean, Logan had to say it. I think they would have someone. Um, I mean, yeah, they'd. I guess they'd own it. They they kind of just become more like um, PGN. They become like the Pierces, who just own a news company rather than a giant conglomerate. I mean, Pierce is a conglomerate in itself. But wait, do you mean they, if if the deal fell through or if the deal went through? If the deal went through, like if they decided oh, to, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yes, oh, yeah. oh no, oh, oh, in that case, yes, no, in that case, I think they want the the original idea was to run PS, yeah, and then to run PS. So then they combine the two like news companies, which yeah. again, insane, but <laughs> but yeah, like I I don't know if it's something that they can actually do. So we'll have to see, um, because mm-hmm. it's hard to tell if they'll actually win from something like this and whether they can actually fend off Matson if they. Keep the deal. Like, can Matim continue to come after them in other ways? Like, can he can he set things up? And you know, well, I mean, okay, their plan was for Matson to pull out, like for Matson to feel like it wasn't a smart deal. Mm-hmm. Like, the Hollywood studio was putting the company in jeopardy. Like, there are too many skeletons. That was their plan. We're going to talk about their plan in a second. It was incredibly transparent and quite terrible. <laughs> but their plan was not for Martin to feel like he was fucked, but for Martin to feel like he was a smart person um, leaving the deal. So on paper, their plan made sense. Um, but they did it so badly that like... <laughs> it was terrible. One of the... F- I mean, I did like the fact that they made all his employees watch a clearly bad movie for three hours just so that they could not be like, yeah, this movie is terrible. Uh, one of the funniest lines to me was Kendall saying, um, I like running the ship. We are good at it. And I was like, Kendall, you've been CEO for 12 hours. We're good at it. What do you mean we're good at it? Literally, your dad died 48 hours ago. Like, it's still Monday. Nah, you've been CEO for 12 hours. This is like some, this is like somebody who spent five minutes in a car with a driving instructor saying, okay, great. I'm just going to get on the highway and drive to Texas. What are you doing? Yeah, it's... It's just I was like, kind of calm down. Like, if we add when you were CEO in season one and now, it's still not up to three weeks. Like, calm down. Let's behave ourselves. Um, but yeah, just back to even back to what Ibuka said about people saying things like, like Roman saying, the Roman actually saying the words, yeah, let's let's end the deal or whatever version of, the, of that sentence he made was just very surprising to me. I, again, I didn't think that Roman would be convinced in that conversation. Yeah, I thought it would take more but time. But like, everyone is. Everyone is saying what they mean and everyone is like being upfront to their stuff. Um, I mean, Shiv's saying, let's hold on to one of your dad's sweaters. It's less racist is hilarious. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that was great. That was actually so great. <laughs> and then, I mean, Shiv was just ready to get rid of ATN. She didn't even ask the price. Just like, yes. It doesn't align with her own shit. sensibilities. Like, it never has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's, 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 Take the cable car, take the helicopter, and go up to the hills. Since we're almost we're, we're still there in terms of Martin and everybody, yeah. So these guys are trying to emphasize the problems with Waystar Royco. Either it's with the Hollywood studio or people just maybe just things coming down the pipeline, essentially. Um, and Martin, because he's not an idiot, very very quickly sees through everything. Also, I'm sorry. Martin saying thanks for the link. I watched the movie was hilarious because I was like, you did not watch that three hour movie. Three <laughs> hours. Lying. Oh God. Stop lying. Three hours. So the first two hours is what? A a robot sleeping or something something along those lines. Yeah, these guys have such a weird track record with movies. 
but yeah, so they try to blow up the deal. Martin sees through it. He kind of calls them out on it. Says that they're doing Scooby Doo business. <laughs> Are you trying to Scooby Doo me? Hanna-Barbera School of Business. Oh God, is so great. Are you going to tell me that the the tunnel is haunted? And he calls Logan a prick, which on rewatch you I start to see just how annoyed. I mean, I guess it's most what you were saying about Roman losing patience, but how annoyed Roman was with Madsen, like from the start yeah, of the episode. Yeah, just really watch him. It's not good. Like, yeah, he's like whole, this, this guy's pushing his buttons. Yeah, he doesn't even tell him sorry when he when he found out about his dad dying. Like it's just it, the fact that scary. he brought like, them oh. here this week of mm-hmm. all weeks is the day, before, the day after or whatever. Yeah, I'm glad someone acknowledged it. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect someone to acknowledge it at all. Well, I mean, they, they kind of acknowledged it last week when when we're like, you do. She was like, you do know what happened last yesterday, right? And Oscar is like, yeah, that's sad. So tomorrow, <laughs> I was like, okay, bro. Honestly, I guess pre grieved Is Oscar the one exactly. that I was in Vikings? I think it might be. I'm not sure, but I think I think I think I'm not sure the name of the character. Well, I I know that did there's an Oscar. Be- well, I was gonna say did he have a beard, but like I think they all yeah, have beards. He did. Ugh, I have to find his name, but I I know I know that there's an Oscar, and I know that there's a guy. So and I'm not entirely sure that they're the same person. I don't know if Oscar oh, yeah, is someone no, we haven't fair. seen, but fair. I think they're probably the same person because he was so close to Martin in this episode. Yeah, Oscar was even like when Martin's Tom was. Two. Yeah, even when Tom is trying to clown Sundar Pichai for no apparent reason. For anyone like he, for anyone who doesn't know, Sundar Pichai is the CEO of Google. But yeah, that, that was that was just random. Um, but yeah, I, I guess pre-grieved isn't exactly as well adjusted as we thought because I mean he mentioned it. He said it. He was like, "Look, I'm I'm here. I'm all like all the way here." Like, okay, let's talk about that. So, um, Martin antagonizes um, Lo- um, Roman a bit more, and then uh-huh. Roman kind of loses his shit. Yeah, goes all out on. Yeah, Madsen. and I think coming from Matson was probably the exact kind of language we needed there because I feel like Matson would rather have some deal than no deal, right? That was my first feeling there. That's like, okay, they need to kind of be aggressive with this. However, when they're on the plane going back, mm-hmm. upon hearing 192, I really, really just laughed because that is simply, like, clearly and simply an act of war because it's a bear hug. You can't not accept it. Yeah. You, you, you see this, right? Like, this is a yeah. bear hug, just mm-hmm. like what happened in season one. Because, um, obviously, these people all have a, quote-unquote, fiduciary duty to mm-hmm. their shareholders above all else. So, mm-hmm. if a deal comes that is really, really good, they have to present it. From there, it's not like, okay, how do we prevent this from happening, blah, blah, blah. That's how they now started fighting Sandy and Stewie in the earlier seasons. Yeah. But with a bear hug like this, I mean, Waystar is supposedly, it's actually worth maybe right now, like, I don't know, 140 they're asking for 144, hoping well, for 148. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're asking. And I remember like in the previous episode um, we did when we were talking about, for season three, when we we're talking about um, their time on Josh Aronson's Island, played by the great Adrian Brody. By my estimates at that time, and based on Aronson's share in the company, I feel like Waystar is slightly north of $87.5 billion in general valuation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if we say that that is 140 per share, that kind of makes sense, especially since they had that deal with the bank that Logan leveraged in, in season one that we found out about, right? When mm-hmm. the stock hits a certain point, when it gets low enough to a certain point, they're going to want payment in full. But they're past that now. Mm-hmm. Now they're back to like Do that steady that? 140, 141-ish, right? Mm-hmm. They want 148. They're asking for 144. This guy first offered 187 and now he's asking for 192. There is no way. It's literally like, he's like, 
he says, okay, you're saying that you're not going to sell to me, right? You're going to kill the deal. Fine. I will make it so that you have to sell to me and then I'm going to laugh in your face. Yeah. It is such an act of war that could only have been pulled off by Madsen. That is too funny. And it's because he has tech money. <laughs> it's, that's literally it. He, like, he has tech money. He's just he playing with money. them at this point. And, and that's proven by money. Yeah, literally. And he's asking Shiv for a photo of, of, of their faces just moments later. And look, just watch how dead they look. This is like the most amazing offer of their lives. Anybody who hears them trying to say, let's keep ATN off the table, will probably try to slap them. It's like, nah, you hit your head. Let me hit it for you again. Because, because that is such a, an insanely good deal, which is why obviously I'm referring to it as a bear hug. And they, they're just so sad about it because now they're like, how are we going to actually fight this? Like they're drinking like someone actually just died. I mean, someone did die, but not in this case. And it confirms what I've been saying about like, you know, the whole money versus power thing, because this is a big dick contest in actuality. And Madsen is currently swinging around the biggest dick. Already rich. <laughs> if there's if there's an easier way to explain the entire show, that is it. It's just already like- Already rich. <laughs> getting richer is not my priority here. I'm already rich. Um. Carl even says they raided the Vikings. Oh, Carl. <laughs> yeah, but like, because so, this deal is a great deal for everyone but Kendall and Roman. Yep. And that's just be, and for like, and honestly, it's, the funny thing is, it's great for them financially. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if I was Kendall, financially. Like, you'd be like, Kendall, just fucking suck it up, man. Like, 12 hours ago, you were going to make this deal. Like, just, but, but then obviously things have happened. Roman has gone out. It's, it's basically like saying, I'm going to kill you. And then you turn around and the person you're going to, like, he's, like, he's just like. He's actually killing he's you. He's like, I'm better than you. Have, <laughs> I have won. I have literally won. Um, okay. So let's talk about, before we wrap up here, let's talk about Shiv. Okay. And, and Madsen. Um, focusing on Shiv particularly. Again, like I told you guys, I'm not a smart watcher of TV. I cannot decipher Sarah Snook's facial acting. Like, she just does this, and I'm like, I do not know what that means. I do not know what that look is meant to mean. Like, are you angry? Are you scheming? Are you sad? She's troubled. Two, two scenes. The one in New York, and then the one on the plane. I'm just like, what, what are you trying to say with your face? That is it. That I don't, it's like the Mona Lisa. I'm like, I, do, I cannot read this look. And I think, I have it on my notes that, like, on Succession, the conversations you don't hear are usually just as intriguing as the ones you do hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, what happened between Shiv and Martin after we left them? Like, what did they talk about? What did they say? What deals did they make? Yeah. Because Shiv on? has this, when, when the 192 is announced, Shiv has this air of something. And I'm like, I was like, oh, Shiv thinks that she was one that convinced him to add more money because of their conversation the night before. But then when he calls her and asks for the picture, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not why she has the air. Maybe she has the air because she actually was in on the idea, in on the plan. Maybe her and Martin actually had a plan. Because this deal huh. is perfect for Shiv. Like, it is. She gets rid of ATN. She gets to work with PGN. She gets the money. Her brothers who were trying to fuck her lose. Like, we'll talk about the whole Tom thing in a second. But, like, this deal yeah. works for her. And again, remember, she, she chooses not to sell out Martin when they ask, do you have any dirt on him? And then Ebba obviously works by and she chooses not to say anything. So I'm just like, the Ebba what? thing, oh, bro. <laughs> what, if just, you haven't sent blood? You haven't sent half a liter of blood to people that you like? Yeah, I would just like the feds listening to know that I definitely have not done that. My goodness. Oh, he's so <laughs> funny that scene. He's so... And when he said it was Ebba, I started screaming. Oh, I knew. Like, 
before he said that, I was like, he's going to say Emma. He's about to say Emma. Like, it, that was just the perfect joke. I was like, he just said that she doesn't let him in like five minutes before. He's about to say Emma. That was so obvious. Yo. And like, if you've seen Skarsgård in other things, probably Atlanta season season three, you know that <laughs> this is a very funny person. So I was like, I was like, I, the, way he, the way he says it, it's almost like, yeah, I did this. And obviously, like, it's almost like he doesn't necessarily see like, like it's bad, but it's not that bad. Like him saying, oh, I'll just, I'll just deny it. I was like, bro, she has probably the strongest piece of evidence anyone oh. has ever ever had. Like it's literally your blood. <laughs> You're saying you just deny it and lawyer it. And she was like, first of all, good one. I was just like, this is so funny. I was like, like what does that joke. even mean? <laughs> no, she was like, no, because he goes, he goes, he was like, he was trying to be funny. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, if I, that was a great joke, just in case I didn't yeah. tell you. Um, uh, but yeah, so that scene, and I think immediately after he says she's just like Logan. That she can't take a joke. Which again, it's like I like you. You're, you're not. You're, you're not judgy. You're like the. Uh, which, by the way, she. And I. My. I said out loud when I was watching that. She is judgy. She's the judgiest of the judges. <laughs> like <laughs> she is the judgiest, um, literally. But sure, but sure, Lucas. She's not judgy. Yeah, and if, if like you tell, and if you tell Shiv that you're just like Logan, that's what she wants to hear. That's she, what she, she wants. Believes, yeah, she, she believes she's just like Logan, and so the scene ending there makes me think like, what did they talk about after? Did they have sex? I don't know. Um, I hope not, because that would actually complicate so many things. But yeah, yeah. But he was probably wearing his headphones and listening to podcasts. Hopefully, this podcast because that's a thing oh, that he fucking does. What a man! What a man! Can you imagine just having sex? <laughs> <laughs> He's just having sex with this man, women, and all all they're seeing is just this man wearing headphones and listening to podcasts. <laughs> That's so, that's so, I, I, so, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, yeah, what do you think of the Shiva and Martin before we talk about Shiva and Tom and end the episode? What do you think of Shiva and Martin? It seems like you didn't think what I was thinking, like about them uh, working together. That seems like the news to you. Yeah, I think, I think honestly that, well, first of all, I, I, I thought the hearing that she is like her dad must have made her pretty happy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And... I think she honestly was just enjoying talking to somebody who felt like they were being real with her because I feel like gaslighting her is turning out to be quite fun for Kendall and some of these other people because even Greg has joined now. <laughs> like Greg is really out here saying, oh no, you know, I, that wasn't us. I didn't, like, it's, it's, it's weird how everybody's being so strange towards her. Mm-hmm. And I wondered why he was telling her all this stuff about Ebba. Right? Like, are you trying to endear yourself? Are you trying to say what you're capable of? Are you mm-hmm. like, are you trying to, like, I don't know whether it was like just gist or, or threats, but I, I definitely figured that they had built some kind of rapport based on what happened on the plane when he asked for that picture. But it didn't, I, I didn't really feel like she was in on it, but I do think that's a possibility based on the way you've explained your thought process. Yeah. Two things. We should also mention that Shiv is more vulnerable to Martin in that scene than probably she's definitely she's been to, to her brothers excluding when her, their dad died. Yeah, she, she felt like she was telling the, the she truth. Says, she says to him about Tom, I broke his heart and he broke my heart. And essentially we're yeah. both sad. I don't think she's ever been that accountable to, to anyone else about her relationship with Tom. She accepted her own part in the problem, mm-hmm. like actually admitted wrongdoing. I'm pretty sure that's never happened regarding Tom. Yeah, and I think that's not what even triggers towards Tom. That, yeah, that's what triggers Skarsgård to be honest and be like, "Well, <laughs> do you want to hear about what I did in my romantic relationship?" <laughs> Bro, like, I, I, just, I, first of all, half a leader repeatedly. How, 
I, I know I said he's a wild animal, but so, he's still moving. He like, said, he was still he able said, to function. <laughs> like, he said, he said it was funny, and then it stopped being funny, and then it then came it was funny, again, funny again, and then now it's no longer it's funny. It's definitely just, not funny. And then, like, when you know that, and you're rewatching the episode, and you see how Ebba is interacting, and she's like, yes. yeah, you know, I have dirt, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm sure she has dirt, she's head of comms. Then you realize that she has dirt that she didn't even need to ask for. She didn't need to look for that one. <laughs> Because on one hand, it, it plays off like the normal kind of succession joke of like, oh, if you keep on, like Jerry would say, if you keep on doing that, I'll report you to HR or whatever. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, no, no, she really does hate this guy. Like, like, because he's like, oh, you love it. And she's like, yeah, I love it. And walks away. I was like, I was like, oh, she's not like doing succession jokes. She's actually been she serious. Is, she actually yeah, like guy. the writing was too good on that. And um, it was, the yeah, actress so, portrayed it so well. Yes, yeah, so I think obviously Shiv is quite... Emo- not emotional, vulnerable to Martin in that scene. And then, I, because I was like, why would Shiv take a picture to send to Martin? Because Shiv is meant to think that Kendall and Roman want the deal. Mm-hmm. So the only reason she, she sees them as being sad is if she knows that they were trying to sabotage the deal, which, which is why I think there was some discussion between Martin and Shiv. But it is painting, yeah. to me, it's looking like a Kendall versus Shiv kind of situation. Yeah. Which obviously makes sense because there were the two heirs. There were the two people that were chosen by Logan at, at different points in this, this show to be, yeah. to be the heir. So it, it's kind of looking like a shit yeah. versus, versus Connor. is too busy thinking about kilts at the moment. So I'm not sure we can actually worry about him. Yeah. Let's just we'll, we'll talk about Connor. <laughs> I, think that, I, think, I, I think Connor's relevance was probably one to set up the, the funeral. But uh-huh. also, I think that, I think that picture, I was going to mention, I think that picture, Roman getting that picture send him yeah it starts the descent for him to be so volatile to towards mm-hmm. if that picture doesn't come on he probably keeps his cool yeah and and everything um also i wonder i don't think they would do this because succession kind tends to move on very quickly if that makes sense yeah they don't they don't dwell on points like too there's much. a world or there's a different show where where kendall holds roman responsible for for Madsen coming with 192 because roman is the one that triggered it but i don't know if the show will kind of dwell on that we'll see um okay before we wrap up should we just talk about Shiv and Tom? In what is probably the most outwardly depiction of like their toxicity I think I've ever seen on the show. Like a lot of the things have been said. This is the first time that you actually seen them be like, oh, you guys are <laughs> not great to each other. Yeah, it's like because there's there's a mountain scene and then there's a plane scene, and I'm not sure which one is weirder, to be honest. Um, so let's let's go in, let's go in order. Um first of all, the mountain scene is Shiv. And then, again, on rewatch, you realize that the first time they were on the plane, like the night, when Shiv goes, goes by and sees Tom, she looks at his shoes. And because of the way he's sitting, like the production design, everything, cinematography, mm-hmm. there's a spotlight on his shoes so they, so they yeah. look whiter than they actually are. So like that, that anger has been building up. And then she says, people are coming down, of, coming down from Molly and and your shoes look like they suck to them, which is just the... But again, so it's a very... Because she says, this is why people don't take you seriously. Your shoes are so fucking white. And on one, to, to people like you and I, to normals, to plebs, mm. it's like a very weird insult, right? But then it reminds you that like, these guys, again, Kendall, Shiv, whatever, they, already, they are already rich. Yep. Tom is cosplaying rich. He's trying to be rich. He's be like... If you look at he's Greg, rich enough compared to you and I, I guess, but yes, he he's not. He's yeah, not if you quite, look at Greg, exactly rich yet. Now. Yeah, you don't know the things to wear, and like Thomas obviously had to 
lead Graham. That that scene in season one comes to mind. Where it's like, are we on on the deck of a of, of a sea vessel? Why are you yeah. wearing boot shoes? So like he's trying to he's learning. He's teaching Greg, but he's also learning. But people like Shiv and them, they they're not learning because this is their life. Mm-hmm. So he might not know that his shoes are too white, but they probably are for people that yeah. are that rich. It's like it's like the thing with the bag. Greg doesn't know the bag is bad, but Tom, because Tom is more experienced, knows that the bag is too big and things like that. So it, it makes sense as an insult. And then, so she says, these are people don't take you seriously. Your shoes are too wet. I think that obviously would attack the, attack the chip on his shoulder, the imposter syndrome in Tom. And then he lashes out by flicking her ear and saying, first of, sorry, I wrote it down. Let me, let me find it. <laughs> your ear loops are thick and chewy, like barnacle meat. What, like what? What combination of words? I just, so before, okay, so let's, let's go to the plane, which is the next, next scene they share. But can I just say that before that scene, I was just thinking, I was like, these guys probably had the hottest sex they've ever had. That was what, that was what I was thinking about two of them. But you <laughs> laugh, everybody you laugh, but it was vindicated on the plane scene. Like, yeah, she asks yeah. him out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, she, like, she, she, she did. She, him I saw that and I was like, okay. Was probably the most attractive he's been to her in a very long time. Uh, I'm sorry, listeners, if you guys didn't know, these are not two healthy people. They are very, very unhealthy. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not they're, there's a lot going on with them, for sure. Um, and that's even, I mean, it, it's so interesting that, that can, something like that can stand out in an episode like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it just shows you what like their toxicity is because obviously there's all the stuff happening in Matson. There's you know grown people getting outrageously excited about a sauna. Like I don't know if I've seen anybody get that excited about a sauna since like I, I don't know maybe an episode of Ed Ed Neddy. Like yes. it, it, it was just interesting to to see that. So good, I guess. That was but, probably another like mental pain <laughs> against them. Like to to fuck with the the waist Royco people. Yeah, but I would have put like, past the past the sweets. Yeah, still though. Um, kind of mess in, in, in vain with in, in vain of messing with them you know i think shiv it, like offering sid's head on a platter is, is interesting because that mm-hmm. then brings us into you know the actual thing is it, it's interesting that succession actually rewarded us for sticking out the episode till the end and like gave us the kill list mm-hmm. <laughs> because i mean it had everyone i expected it to i mean it had um, everyone except jerry and caroline yeah it had everyone except the women Ooh. because Matson is scared of firing women now because of eva <laughs> but so is he gonna keep both carolina and eva i guess right now that's what it's looking like because i think he'll find a way to make them to that he's he's sucking eva to keep carolina because that would be he a can't terrible, try it. terrible decision i think i think maybe carolina will report to eva or mm. Um, so they'll will manage, they will manage two different parts of the business. Maybe Fair. Carolina will manage the waystar part and then, you know, Eva will continue what she's doing. Fair. But it's always funny to me how Hugo is so shamelessly looking for Car- Carolina's head to roll. Like this is Yeah, because boss. if she leaves, like, he's next up. He's below us. He, he. And why does so, he, so why does he want her head to roll? Still though, I, I get you, like he'll be next up, but yeah. may not Oh no, I think when he, he finds out that his, his own head is rolling, he wants people to and go. And he's looking him. for Carolina. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's letting me know that they took everybody. So that scene is interesting yeah. because Tom and Greg the thing about succession is that you never, you never know what is just a random thing for that scene or what actually means something. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Because in that scene, I think Carolina says that Jess found a way to get the, the list of, or Jerry says that. Mm-hmm. And then Carolina and Jess share a look in which Jess, Carolina mouths something to Jess. And then Frank looks at Jess, but Jess stops mouthing when... See, yeah, there's a whole bit of I tried so hard to there. figure out what that was, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that was just for this scene and never again, or 
was that something larger? I have no idea. It's hard to say. But it did it did look like there was some a bit of choreography there. Um yeah, you mentioned it shift surprises Tom by saying that they they want to get rid of Sid, which obviously means Tom goes up. Um and then she asks Tom to dinner. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the call from Martin. So it's just like, yeah, no one really knows clockwork well, that we yeah, don't what's understand. Going on with those guys. Yeah, it's, I feel like before we and now that we're thinking about the kill list and the structure, I've had I've had quite a lot of thoughts about what the company will look like going forward because I think the show is kind of reacquainting us with certain pieces that are going to be important. And okay. I feel like that starts with Marsha. So I think that we need mm-hmm. to kind of rehash certain things, right? Let's think about the family, um, the family trust. Right? Did they ever sign, does she have two votes? Did they ever sign that? So, so that, that's what I want to get into. I don't right? think they signed it. Now, for anyone who doesn't remember, in the very first episode of the show, Logan very casually comes and says, yeah, I want to have, I want to add Marsha to the, to, to, to the family trust. Now, putting that, putting that into like, um, kind of like a, a more over, overarching view, the trust kind of owns the holding company. Like there is a family trust that owns the family holding company. And then that holding company owns essentially Waystar Royco. And that trust is managed by, by a trustee. That's why I've said before that um, the Royce own the company that owns the company that owns Waystar. Now, everybody, the people on that trust are kind of an, an interesting bunch because like, well, first of all, that trust protects the family's assets in any situation where they get sued or the company gets sued, essentially separating the art from the artist, as it were, in a legal sense. And it's very appropriate for these people who are constantly getting into trouble and behaving very badly, right? So um, it's like someone once said, um, regular people set up wills and rich people set up trusts. So trusts are kind of managed by trustees, like I said, and there are beneficiaries. So Logan wanted to add Marsha as a beneficiary to the trust. And then he said that his seat on the board of the trust, not necessarily of Waystar, of the trust, would go to her on his death. That's what he wanted them to sign. Now, Kendall signed it without looking, right? So there was one signature on there. And, and Connor said, I'll just do whatever you guys do. Roman and Shiv were like, eh, I'm going to lawyer up because that's kind of weird that you want to do that. The trust cur- currently has Logan and all his kids, and it also has Caroline Collingwood. However, however, after Marsha found out about Rhea Jarrell at the end of episode, at the end of season two, and she comes back at the start of season three, and like she was sitting down with somebody who was managing assets, and Logan said he felt like every like a million leaving his body (laughs) every time he looked in that direction one of the things she said was that like one of her demands to kind of come back and keep quiet and keep everything you know kosher was that her role on the trust be finalized so i don't know if she's fully a beneficiary but they might have gotten her that voting power on the trust and if they did that there's going to be a serious problem. And I think that's why the show is very, very subtly showing us Greg cozying up to Marsha because yeah. they always had a bit of a rapport. And I think Greg, because he's been talking to Ewan, he's, he keeps saying he's been talking to Ewan and he's mentioning his grandfather and everybody's dismissing him. But Greg talking to Ewan is very important because Ewan has probably advised him, despite his disappointment with Greg, right, that he should be where the power lies and the power right now lies with Marsha because if they were able to give her that voting power then she has a seat as a beneficiary and she has double voting power on the board so if they try to do a super majority against her she has enough power to make that go through and that's just you know the the holding company now like I said they own the company that owns the company that owns Waystar so if we talk about Waystar now that board 
like the, this proverbial board we keep hearing about in recent episodes that they're going to take the decision to, right? That is um, Ewan, Kendall, Roman, Frank, Logan, who is dead now, but Logan, Stewie, Lawrence, Ilona, the, um, the person that Kendall went to the other side of New York to talk yeah, to and to, made, to and that made him miss the, yeah, that made him miss the vote of no confidence. Sandy. Um, and, and Asha. Yeah. Sandy as well. Asha, um, the only, uh, black woman in power in this show. <laughs> um, I think she has a seat character. as well. I think she has a seat as and, well. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to get there. Cause like oh, yeah. 305, there, there's there are three, three more seats, right? The, let's say there are 12 seats on the board now. So there are three more seats. And basically at the end of the vote of no confidence, Logan immediately fired Ilona, Asha, Kendall, and Frank, right? Mm-hmm. But Frank, but Frank and Kendall came back. Ilona and Asha are um, ostensibly gone still. So that left two seats, right? And to add to Stewie, so that's Sandy and Sandy. And then in episode three hundred five, when they were having the shareholder meeting, when Logan was kind of like you know having his urinary tract piss infection mad. or whatever yeah, that yeah. was, yeah, he piss mad. That's good. Um, he. Um, well, well, I didn't write it. That was just the Armstrong. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit that. for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Ship decided that they would, that to sweeten the deal and to kind of build a relationship with Sandy the Younger, she would offer an, an additional board seat. So they would have three, but that deal also included a board seat for herself. So now Shiv is on the board. So as of, let's say the episode where Logan died, right? Every member of the Roy family is on the board, except like of Waystar, except Connor. Like as far as we're talking about Logan and his children, um, Caroline isn't on it. Connor's, Connor's mom isn't on it. Marsha isn't on it. But as far as Waystar is concerned, that's the board and it has all the kids. So when they keep saying, oh, we're going to take this decision for who to recommend to the board, most of the board is actually already in the room, right? Jerry isn't on the board, I don't think. But she does have a bit of sway, and Frank has a lot of sway because, well, he's on the board, and he, I think he was one of the, the the chair people. So, the board the board right now should should actually be thirteen people and twelve now that Logan is dead. So here's my thing: Logan is dead now, right? And he, we said that if Marsha had played her cards right with strong arming these people, his seat would have gone to her on his death. But the thing is, Waystar is a publicly traded company. So she can't really just inherit a seat on the board or give it to like that, her son. I feel like people forget Marsha has a son. His name is Amir. I think he's in charge of like the Middle Eastern operations or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But like, she probably has the power to leverage um, the fact that she, like her voting power now that she's actually on the trust because the trust is married by the trustee and that trustee really is like a shell company that is really, that is the family. And the trust does whatever the trustee tells it to. And that trust now, if Marsha has a lot of power inside, it can actually influence who ends up getting that board seat. And even if that's not enough leverage, the thing I'm worried about is that she can leverage something else that she has that nobody else knows she has, except I guess you and I and everybody else paying attention to this show. She knows about the waiter. She was there (laughs) in the room in season one, episode 10. When, when Logan calls Kendall, she, and he comes in, Marsha yeah. and her son and are sitting well. there. Yeah, they were both sitting there, and that is a problem, right? You know That's a big knows? problem. Other than Colin, who? Well, well, Colin, because and Colin was talking to her last week as well, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who doesn't know? 
Connor. Connor. <laughs> That's that was a very good breakdown, and that makes sense. Yeah, um, Marsha has a role to play. That that is that is definitely for certain. Marcia yeah, I, I, I've been saying it. Like they they brought her back, and Carolyn again. Carolyn is on the trust, and she is a voting member. Um, but because of like, I mean, honestly, whatever happens, these people are all beneficiaries. They are going to be rich. So even. And they're already rich, as we've said, right? So even in the case of a sale, as we're seeing with the Martin and Gojo situation, um, based on the company's valuation, what they're asking for, and even what we saw in the birthday letter that Roman and Logan gave Kendall, each person's payout would be around $2 billion, if not more. And that doesn't even include the stuff that the holding company owns outside of Waystar. So everybody's going to be fine. This is really just a big dick content. I call contest <laughs> at this point. Yeah, well done, Carl. You finally get your island. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point to end it. Uh, yeah, that's a good breakdown. Um, I mean, I'm hoping next week is the is the bear funeral. Or like, how long are they going to wait? For I feel the like funeral? it would be, and yeah. then they might reveal things about like what Marsha and like certain other people are planning. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see because all these different, all these tiny conversations people are having, it's definitely not an accident. I mean, this show really knows how to use the Chekhov's guns. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the show do birthdays, we've seen the show do weddings, we've seen the show do... Funerals as well. Well, we've not seen funeral. I don't think we've seen a funeral. We have. There was Moe's funeral in season Oh, there two. was. He yeah. was a guy. Remember, yeah, I remember that Conor Roy was interested in politics from a very yeah, young age. He was a guy and we knew him and I was interested <laughs> in You're true. That's true. That's true. But only Conor was at that one, not everybody. Anyways. Yeah, um, well, Willa went with him too, Sha, but yes. And then she wrote that terrible speech. Oh my god. I wish we should have known that her play was gonna be terrible. <laughs> we should have known. They gave us the signs. <laughs> uh okay, okay, let's wrap it up there. But guys, thank you very much for listening. Everybody, thank you again for coming all the way to to Norway with me. Um eh, the air is thin here, but it's fun. Ibibi, smile. Smile, Ibibi. We just got $192 per share. Uh, I'll consider it. <laughs> um but always remember in the words of Greg, the baguette might be mightier than the bagel. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Greg, man, I love you. He reads his economist articles. Okay, okay, that's a good point to end it. Thank you very much. Uh, Guys, please be listening. Please rate and review. Please there's another one of them. You guys are related. Uh, but yeah, join us next week when hopefully we'll finally be joined by, by Obiara again. And of course, we'll be joined by the one and only Daniel Kaluuya. Bye guys. 